Welcome to Did You Watch, a podcast by film amateurs who love film and sometimes TV. We are your hosts. I'm Justin. I'm Caitlin. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to episode three. For those of you who, haven't listened, who have listened before, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, this week, we are reviewing Parasite. Yes. A 2019 South Korean black comedy thriller film directed by Bong Joon-ho. Um, this film did really well at the box office last year and has now won such awards as the best foreign language film at the Golden Globes, which um, we can now understand because it was really good. And it won uh, best foreign film at the Oscars and best picture at the Oscars, which uh, is the first film to ever do best, that. Best picture? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Well, now I understand. Did you see the uproar um, about the guy who was upset that Parasite beat Joker? And he was like, who the fuck has seen Parasite? And he got upset because no one would want to. Why would people pick Parasite over a movie about class and wealth disparity? Which is exactly what but the this movie's, movie's about. about. Now, to be fair, I think the YouTuber's name is Robert Storm. Uh, he has since reviewed Parasite officially and has seen it. And he has walked away saying that he, has, he does like the movie. So I liked Joker, but I... Did not think I'd like Parasite this much. Like we, it explores the themes of Joker a lot better. It only hits harder because we've watched it during quarantine for me. Yeah, which will kind of explain. Um, but essentially, Parasite follows the members of a poor family who scheme to uh, become employed by this wealthy family. Um, basically, they intro- they infiltrate their household by posing as unrelated highly qualified individuals it's literally a sting operation and i keep asking myself how could they just do it and you'll see oh my god it's so good um for those of you who haven't seen it there will be spoilers ahead so you know proceed at your own risk we always 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 and i mean in case you haven't listened to us before definitely spoilers ahead okay general comments this is the first film that I've sat and sunk into in a while. Mm-hmm. No distractions. I didn't take notes, which is thank you for telling me not to. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't take notes. We didn't take breaks. Um, and it's a two hour and 11 minute long movie. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't really feel like it. You know what? <sighs> it does. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't mind so much. If you, mm-hmm. I mean, you told me beforehand it was going to be two hours and 11 minutes, but think of what we did when we waited to see Endgame. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. How long was that movie? Like three hours? Almost, almost maybe two hours and 50 minutes yeah. or so. Damn. Well, definitely well used. Mm-hmm. Every single minute well used. Two hours and 11 minutes and we took no breaks when we're watching this from home. Mm-hmm. We can't say that about the last two movies we've watched. No. We watch them almost over a span of days Mm -hmm. if not then we like get up to use the bathroom get up to eat get up to snack drink water we stop and talk and for this this movie glued to the couch glued to the screen um i just watched and i had no expectation but i still found myself thoroughly surprised and satisfied at the end of the movie um there was also a point where i thought it would end but then it kept going, mm-hmm. and I was really happy to get more of it. You already know. Yes. Um, overall, I'm very happy to say that I watched the movie, and I, I wish I'd seen it sooner. I, I wish I didn't sleep on it so much as I did. Mm-hmm. What about you? I also wish I had seen it sooner. The first time I saw this, I had heard of this movie, it was before all the buzz came about, and an old coworker of mine, um, we were still working together, and she went with her... Um, her date to go see the movie she had no idea what it was about i guess she thought it was going to be a horror movie which i thought it was everyone be seems well. to think that it was going to be a horror that it was a horror movie apparently i haven't seen any trailers but apparently the marketing like the commercials and i mean think about think about how it was it described i pulled a lot of these notes from, from well not notes i pulled a lot of these um this information from like wikipedia and other sources about the movie and it's still described as a black comedy thriller i ha- i don't get the comedy this it was a thriller. Is, this movie's very funny. You think so? Yeah, dialogue-wise. Oh, you, you know what? There's a lot of funny lines here like that I found myself laughing out loud. I wasn't... I was more concerned with, like, 
advancing the plot that I wasn't really laughing at a lot of what was going on. We should watch on. it again because you will get the jokes the second time around. Okay. There's like, like especially the dad. He's he's Mew. he's funny. Went completely over my head. I did not catch the comedy in this. Let's watch it again. It's on Hulu, so okay. you know you basically have no excuse. But to continue, um, my quick little thing. So she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go see Parasite tonight." I had no idea what it was. I didn't look into it. I was like, "Oh, great, have fun." Then the next day, she came and she goes, "Oh my god, that movie's like really good." And then I started seeing other reviews, um, people coming out this highly regarded movie, and I was like, "I, I really want to see this." I think we had gotten. Um, tickets to see it one time at the Alamo near us, but something happened where we couldn't, so those plans fell through. Now it's on Hulu I wish for we free. Saw it. With and, everything being closed yeah. now, I really wish we saw it at Alamo that night. I'm sure at some point, maybe within the year when everything opens back up, there will probably be a couple parasite screenings at some of the Alamos. They were doing that in January where they were rescreening all the movies that um had been nominated or won at the Oscars. Oscars? Mm-hmm. And Man, I can't keep. I I can't say it enough. I wish I had seen this movie sooner. Mm-hmm. It resonates with me so hard. But um, with that being said, let's get into it. Sure. Okay. Lead the way. So, really early on, I'm, I'm, from the beginning, the film introduces you to the Kim family and then adds evidence of class schedule. I'm um uh, schedule. Ha ha ha. Class struggle. Um. Really quickly, you know, they live in a bit in a small basement apartment. They work minimum wage jobs. They struggle to make ends meet. They share family meals together. They're a really poor family living it out in, you know, a hard class system. But very connected to each other. Very connected. Um, it reminds me so much of like our upbringing. Mm-hmm. I grew up poor. I shared meals with my family. I was hung my clothes. There were times you didn't have electricity. It just it resonated me with me so much seeing these people just at the bottom of the food chain. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it more. But like immediately, I'm like hooked. I'm like mm-hmm. I feel bad for them. I resonate with them. I understand. Mm-hmm. And we get introduced to the poor Kim family. And we get as much background information as we can within the first couple of minutes. Basically, this family is living it out at the bottom of the poverty line. Mm-hmm. Um, but a come up comes when a family friend recommends that the son take over his job as a tutor for the upper class daughter of the Park family. Mm-hmm. So the Kims are a four people family union. It's a mother, father, son, and daughter. The son and daughter are, we want to believe, in their teens, mm-hmm. early probably 20s? should be approaching college. Approaching age or so. college age, yeah. Um, both families in the movie are family units of four, mm-hmm. and it is mother, father, son, daughter. Basically, the quintessential they both parallel. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're very parallel parallel to each other. But a come up comes for the family. Basically, the son decides to take over as a job tutor from his friend for the upper class Park family, and gives him this uh metaphorical rock it's called a scholar's rock the scholar's rock the scholar's rock is meant to promise wealth mm-hmm. and for the third week in a row we are following a rock at I, some point i was just thinking about that too that's <laughs> insane <laughs> like the rock okay we had the diamond and birds of prey last week and then we had the uncut gem and literally uncut gems the week before the one that kevin garnett was obsessed with mm-hmm. and it's and, almost it's strange right because uh-huh. it's almost as if this kid is looking at the Scholar's Rock the same way that Kevin Garnett was yes! looking at the stone in Uncut Gems. Oh my god. It's so creepy. It was creepy. like it, it wanted to bring him power. It's not as important, but... In here? It's not... Well, it's not as important in this movie as it was in the others. I have two theories. One of them was definitely wrong. but I think it's good for a setup. Outcome. I think it's a good setup from the beginning. Whenever we get to it, I will give you my theory on the scholars rock okay slowly the kim family starts to infiltrate the lives of the parks they recommend mm-hmm. each other they recommend each other's services and then pose as unrelated characters like By it starts out rid of the previously established yes clan so the driver the housemaid the tutor so the son gets in as the tutor mm-hmm. to the daughter then he says Oh, by the way, I know this woman. She's an art therapist. She's like an astound artist. We'll call her Jessica, his mm. sister. She comes in and starts and to this play is the art Kim tutor. Family Kim family the parks. Yeah. Then it goes. Well, I know a really good driver. They get rid of the driver and then replace him with the dad as the driver. 
And then the last is the housekeeper is the mother. Who so. is the hardest to get rid of because she's sur- she survived home Ooh. changes, homeowner changes. Ooh, this is an imp- Okay, this is a really impressive display of the family's acting and espionage skills. Mm-hmm. But more especially Ki Jung, the daughter, mm-hmm. I think she is like absolutely so dope in this movie. She forged yeah, the university papers for her brother. She places the panties in the back seat of the car to frame the driver to get rid of him. Then she comes up with the peaches that the housekeeper is allergic to 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 simulate TB symptoms. And they have this fantastic acting scene with the dad where he's like he pretends that he sees the old housekeeper, uh, the doctors, and is like she clearly has TB. Mm-hmm. And. It's like See, a that scene. was another funny. That's joke a funny moment. She, okay, no, okay, 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 okay. She said, "Do people even still get tuberculosis?" That's that's funny. Oh my god! Well, and I, also, before when she forges the documents and the father says, uh, "I forget the Kim father." He says mm-hmm. something along the lines of, "Wow, if only Oxford had a major for document forgery, you'd be in like, it." This yeah. Movie is, the only moment I got so was fun. when the dad was rehearsing the monologue mm-hmm. of. Uh, seeing the and house to redo. yeah mm-hmm. and then like the son is coaching him more expression and he's like geez, the guy is suddenly becoming leonardo dicaprio behind behind the son with the script in his hands mm-hmm. basically they infiltrate their ways in by um just posing as unrelated workers for the family mm-hmm. so the bag is coming to all of them yes um it takes i like that the film takes time to explore and expose the personalities of the Park family as mm-hmm. well. We learn about the Kims along the way. I mean, right. of course, there we're going to, there are protagonists, but they also expose everything about the Park family, just small things. Like, okay, the wife, Mrs. Park, she's obsessed with like praising her children. Mm-hmm. And she's a Karen, you know, she's, she wants to please her husband. She, she's not really fit as a housewife. She's really materialistic, but she's obsessed with her children, mm-hmm. which is how they're able to con their way in so easily is the wife is the one who hires all these workers for the family so it's really easy to say oh your son's such a like a gifted artist and like of course art tutor does that and the housekeeper comes in oh i can make a really good hot pot like things like that she is the matriarch of the family and she is the one we learn the most about and Mm -hmm. then of course we learn about mr park he plays the provider role he obviously makes a lot of money um he my favorite part was when mr kim asked him do you love your wife he's like you love your wife right and he Mm -hmm. has to stop and like think about it and he comments later on that mr kim almost crossed the line by like even Mm -hmm. suggesting something like that Mm -hmm. and it's so weird because it's like what role are you trying to play here connect those two together really yeah i thought crossing the line for mr park was forgetting his place popping the bubble that he lives in you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they know that their workers are still in poverty. Yeah. Even though they, they know it's that like they're not It's like not crossing related. the line between It's like, don't, I'm, I'm so rich. Just don't remind me of poverty. Don't, I don't remind like to me be how reminded, poor you are. Reminded of the smell of the subway, which I haven't. I took it as, as, as um, appropriateness. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, he would talk in like dad would talk in certain ways like oh yeah you know he's messing with this girl or anything or something like that but i took it more as he's not crossing the line as in being appropriate like mm-hmm. making the wrong joke um aside from the parents or you know husband wife whatever we want to call them they have the two kids mm-hmm. the daughter is like a typical preteen daughter and we don't really get much else out of her throughout mm-hmm. it but the son is actually like the center song. of energy da song um he's eclectic he's high energy he's really pragmatic he's remarkably <sighs> he calls out small things throughout the movie that make you think like kids have this omnipresent power of just noticing things about people mm-hmm. that you know adults don't mm-hmm. like he notices that the kims all smell alike mm-hmm. and it's a very particular smell smell comes back later on in the movie mm-hmm. but the son is clearly like the shining star of the family mm-hmm. they want to foster his artistic talent they want him to be this perfect little boy he's a scout he sees the ghost which we later learn is a person you know what is interesting about that um mm-hmm. i think i just connected two things together as you were talking mm-hmm. um you mentioned the daughter 
of the Park family, we don't really get much from her. And mm-hmm. Da Song is like the shining star. And it's very interesting because earlier, the daughter of the Parks tells, is it Ki Jung, the son of the Kim family? Ki Jung is the daughter of the Kim family. Who is the son? Ki Woo. Ki Woo. Ki Jung is the, is the daughter. Ki Woo is the son. She tells Ki Woo that everything that they say about their son is bullshit. Everything they say about Da Song is bullshit and overhyped. So it's very interesting. So maybe when... When did she say that? I think when we first get introduced to Ki Woo as the tutor. Like the very first scene that they're in the room together, she says like it's something along the lines of it's all bullshit or they overhype him too much. And they eventually develop a, rom- a romantic very, relationship. Which is very interesting because I think maybe that goes to what you said. Maybe that's why... Maybe that's just kind of establishing that Da Song to the parents is more important and he's going to play a more key role to the story than the daughter will. That sucks. I hate when they go with the firstborn son role. But of course, sometimes that, I mean, that happens in real life where Mm -hmm. even though she's the older sibling and she's the first, obviously, the parents were looking for a tutor for her. Mm -hmm. They're obviously more concerned with Da Song, Mm -hmm. which pushes us kind of into the second act. Um... On Da Song's birthday, the Park family leaves for a camping trip, which provides the perfect opportunity for the Kims to just revel in their home's luxury. Mm-hmm. They're eating all the most expensive foods. They're chilling on the couch. They're looking outside the windows. Having some whiskey. Ooh, having some whiskey. Windows are a really big part of this movie. They kind of show us perspective, mm-hmm. um, which I really like because when the movie starts, we're looking out the windows of the Kim's house, mm-hmm. which you see a guy that's getting ready to piss in the alleyway, and they're like, don't open the window because then we'll smell the piss. And then the the exterminator comes by and uh-huh. he's just fumigating. Like it's free extermination, area, which is a very smart and subtle way to show off that this family is impoverished. It shows you as they're so poor, they would you. let their house get fumigated as they're in it, right? To get it for free, just to get the stink bugs out. It's like waiting for rain to come so your car can get a little bit, yeah, something like that. Only much more extreme. I like that whole scene of them just being in the Kim's house. I do too. They let they let it all go. They drop the the roles and the acts. It's just them, and they're showing who they really are as a family. You almost feel very happy for them. Yes, like it's like for this fleeting moment, they're in paradise. Everything that they wanted, they're not in poverty anymore. Mm-hmm. They get to enjoy it. And I told you that I experienced that moment a mm-hmm. couple of times when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I'm from, I'm not, I'm not from Belize. My family is from Belize. Um, I'm part of the first generation that was born here in America. And both my mother and my grandmother were housekeepers to rich families on the Upper West Side of New York. So I would follow them or go with them sometimes when they would go to work to clean these homes and you know watch these children these children are my ages and you would just see the the parallel i would be in upper east side manhattan helping my family clean during the day and then i'd be riding the j train back into brooklyn at night to my two-bedroom apartment that had you know rats roaches i lived with nine other family members so i understand what it's like to pretend that you're rich just for a couple of Mm -hmm. moments while you're in these people's homes Mm -hmm. And I guess I got to watch that moment a lot growing up. But you almost feel happy for them. They're, but then you, you see that they start to do it in excess. Mm-hmm. They're over drinking. They're overdoing everything. They're talking through everything. And then, of course, action breaks. Why shouldn't they, though? But I don't, I don't think they're over drinking. I think they're just enjoying the moment. Because I think a rich family with that access would be eating just as much the same food as they were think they were just eating and i think this also goes to it's more like deluding yourself you know what i mean Mm -hmm. don't ever try to forget that's what it felt like to me isn't like they're having a little too much fun why wouldn't you want to forget that you're poor the thing about it is if you're poor and you're you're it's not just that they're poor it's nothing for me, I would want to forget that too just for a little bit just for 20 minutes it's not just that they're poor it's that this isn't theirs Mm-hmm. So, them, we, us seeing them get so comfortable, so loose, is just the weakness we need for the second act to come in. Mm-hmm. So, suddenly, as they're so they're having they're having a great time. They've got whiskey open, they've got food running, and then suddenly the former house creeper shows up, 
and she says oh i left something in the basement um i just need to get it out of the basement are you gonna let me in this is that half second where you're like should i let this person in do i believe enough in the good of people yeah it's like horrifying it's like absolutely horrifying they go down to the basement um and of course it's the old housekeeper and then it's mrs kim Mm -hmm. so trailing behind are mr kim and the two kids just like slowly eavesdropping the housekeeper reveals an underground bunker underneath the basement of this family's house where she is keeping her husband Mm -hmm. and she says that they've been secretly living there for years and the reason they've been living there is to escape debt Mm -hmm. they had a business that went falling down and now there's loan sharks looking for them all over the place and they had no choice but to hide out and this is this is just one bunker mind you they make the illusion that there are several others that it was part of korean history that they would build these underground bunkers in the case of a bomb threat a nuclear war and Mm -hmm. whatever but they're hiding under this just the reveal that they've been living under there all this time is just what we need to place them and the Kim family directly at odds Mm -hmm. because both families are relying on the other to not reveal their secret. Mm -hmm. The secret that the Kims are all related and working for the parks and the secret that Moon Gwang, I believe is her name, Moon Gwang and her husband Jinsei have been living under there all this Mm -hmm. time. And at that moment, it's just so unsettling. This is like as horrifying as it gets. It ups the ante every couple that's minutes. one of the most interesting things about this movie is that it's mm. always evolving it, this is it's almost as if it's like a tonal shift but it's not this is the peak of the second act this i think is the best moment mm-hmm. in the entire movie mm-hmm. because she sees mrs kim sees this woman start to care for her husband he hasn't eaten in a couple of days and then come comes falling down are her family behind her so now they both have shit on each other mm-hmm. and it's almost horrifying because mm-hmm. this guy is emaciated he smiles a little creepily they there's just something not quite right well, about it's almost them. as if he's in solitary confinement yeah that's why he's fucked I mean, he, up. i'm sure he's mentally deteriorate deteriorated just from living down there mm-hmm. all this time and we don't know how long he's been down there and I just think I just thought it was so funny that we find out it's because of debt. Mm-hmm. He's living in a bunker like this because of debt, and it hits so hard. I think the most interesting thing about this movie is that after this fight ensues, you start realizing in the theme of class and wealth inequality and poverty, there is no class solidarity in this film. None so at all. Even when you look at what the Kim did, they ousted these people from their current positions so they can go in so it's kind of like yes you want to save yourself from they're poverty, completely unqualified and they're then completely, they push yeah. other people into poverty by taking away those positions from them mm-hmm. and then now uh the old housekeeper and the kim family now are trying to do everything and it leads to the death of the old housekeeper. Yeah, so basically as a fall So there breaks, is no such thing as class solidarity in this not, movie. Nothing Which whatsoever. is the most interesting part of it because a lot of the time you would think what really happens in culture, right? And this is, we're, we're Americans, so we're looking at it from an American perspective. But the idea of class is very universal, which is why this movie is interesting watching as Americans because it's almost as if it's, it's playing on. Like if an American filmmaker made this exact movie the way it is, you would say it's about the American dream and how impossible it is. Completely. And you can still take that away. I took that away from it. So basically a brawl breaks out between old housekeeper, her, her husband, I apologize for not using their direct names, a severe rainstorm that night brings the parks home early mm-hmm. and this is the crux of all the drama so what happens next is somehow or another wait after fighting through all of it the kims are able to trap and a mortally wounded they, they're, they're able to trap the husband the housekeeper's husband and her she's mortally wounded in the basement mm. and then narrowly escape unseen and the escape is Oh, my God. They are literally hiding under the table 
the coffee table, it looks like, mm-hmm. of the living room with the giant windows where the parks come home to watch, what's his name? Da Song go in the backyard. And remember that scene where the dad is the last one to slide out mm-hmm. and he doesn't get there all the way, but they wake up because Da Song comes in on the radio or whatever. Like he has a walkie talkie and they're talking to him and they somehow don't notice Mr. Kim sitting there. Mm-hmm. And it's like when Obi-Wan threw that rock. That was <laughs> the most tense filled moment i was oh my god i was so scared but cheeks clenched hard i was like oh my god i was like waiting they're all taking turns sliding out and they're like literally dragging themselves across the floor the dad gets stuck and he literally sits still and you hope to god they don't use their peripheral vision to see him mm-hmm. and meanwhile i think this kind of just got us talking they come home because of thunderstorm inconveniences their camping trip mm-hmm. But in the following scene, we see that that same thunderstorm floods the Kim's apartment. Which is another add-on to the theme of the idea that inclement weather conditions affect poor people more. Because they almost lose everything. But for the rich and people all the way up in the hills who are super high, that's not really going to affect them too much. For them, it destroys their entire apartment. Mm -hmm. And they already live in a basement apartment. When they come back, everything is flooding mm-hmm. meanwhile the kims are inconvenienced because their camping trip mm-hmm. has to be canceled so they come home in a porsche so that the kim family can sneak off and go to their displacement area mm-hmm. basically because of the hurricane I, I don't know if it was a hurricane i think just it was a just big a storm. storm it was just a big storm because of the big storm they have to flee to that gymnasium mm-hmm where they have to spend the night and get new clothes and seek shelter because their home is absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be a teaching moment. Um, but I think it's a smart setup because during their escape, Junsei at the bottom, all the way at the bottom of that bunker, is tapping the lights with his head mm-hmm. to try to send a message in Morse code because he thinks that the kid Da Song um can speak morse code because he's a scout and mm-hmm. they, they make a big deal out of it and it's a good setup for what comes later literally the absolute end of the movie is May the I payoff say, um so here's what i thought originally which was wrong however my revised opinion and theory still leads to the same outcome so when they're in the apartment and everything is flooded mm-hmm. the rock is floating and big rocks don't normally they float don't. like that. So I thought, well, maybe this must be fake and it's very hollow. So what was the son's name of the Kim family? Ki-woo. Ki-woo. Ki-woo has been making a big deal. This is going to be the symbol to get him out of poverty. And then... It's supposed to foreshadow I wealth. Thought, I thought it was revealed. I thought from it floating was supposed to reveal that it's fake. So from what my head thought was... Oh, this rock is fake, symbolizing false hope of getting out of your current situation when you're poor. I, so know, I, I did not notice that whatsoever. Well, I didn't even notice the rock had floated during all well, that Well, here's thing. the thing. I'm very much wrong because a, for a, rock to, a fake rock to float like that, it must be super hollow. But as we can tell much later on, a character is hit. We're in the spoiler territory. Kiwu gets hit over the head. Later with on, that rock, with that rock. And it doesn't seem very ho- hollow because that, shit was that thing makes him almost bleed out. He has he brain surgery at the end of the movie because, because of he the got bo- So I thought, okay, well, maybe the rock's not fake. but Maybe it was a slip of the camera. But because of the ending of how it's used later on, what was used to symbolize his hope was also used to symbolize his destruction, which is still, in a way, symbolizing that he will ne- it's false hope he will never get out of the situation that he's currently in he will never make it out of poverty i disagree hit me at the end it seems almost hopeful we'll get to it but there's I, I did not think the i think the rock end. was a good setup and payoff but i don't think it's like a you'll never get out of your situation ever mm-hmm. thing same scene we get two reveals and they're both really important for what goes on at the end. Mm -hmm. This is the immediate setup to cool us down. Mrs. Park reveals to Mrs. Kim that Da Song was traumatized from seeing a ghost on on a previous birthday. We know now that that was actually Junsei coming up for food. Yes. 
but this kid is clearly traumatized Isn't by that it. Horrifying. It was so horrible because all like we Pennywise. see, all we see is his, his eyes, eyes and, and, and his head and popping. Like, of his eyes are placed in a certain way, you can tell he's smiling, like almost like yes. she creep like Pennywise. It's horrifying. All we see are his eyes and so- like his eye- like literally, I think his nose up. Mm-hmm. And he's peeking over the top of the stairs of the bunker. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what Da Song saw. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh my fucking God, this is so crazy. Mm-hmm. This is, and this is, of course, they're like, it's a traumatic event. And we already know what it is now because we met Jinsei. But to that kid, it must have, like, to that kid, it was a ghost. To that kid, that it was something he'll never get to a- me today. Like, if I'm just in the kitchen and I look to the laundry room and something pops out like that. I, a 24-year-old man... I'm a scream. I would be fucking horrified. I'm losing everything. I can only imagine how a first grader feels when he sees he that. He paints it. Yeah. Remember those they, self-portraits those are actually Those self-portraits Jinsei. are actually Junsei's face mm-hmm. that he can't get out. And then my next favorite thing that happens, Mr. Kim overhears Mr. Park say that he can't stand his smell. Mm-hmm. And the way he describes it is that it smells like he rides the bus. It smells like he's around other poor people. It's it smells, the smell of poverty. It's the smell of poverty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, that's so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Of all the things to find out, you think no matter, like, and, and it's very clear that he says he's a good worker and all. I just don't like the way he smells, mm-hmm. which means no matter how hard you work, no matter how nice you are, no you'll matter how much you escape the scent, you'll never not well not escape the scent. You'll always be looked down on, mm-hmm. no matter what. The flood of their apartment slash the rainstorm is the transition into the third act. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like they're supposed to like wash everything clean. Maybe they'll learn their lesson. We hope this is the end of the story, and you think that this is a really nice wrap up. And all that happens is. They escape. They narrowly escape. They find out their home is flooded. They spend the night in a gym. And the next day, they're back to work. Mm-hmm. Back to preparing. But the And everything's parks, really awkward for them because they're like, we know what happened last night. And they're trying to like mm-hmm. uh, escape the, the anxiety. They're all getting called the next morning. Night. So it's, the next morning, uh, Mrs. Park is calling all of them. Oh, we're going to have this. They're going to have this party. We're going to celebrate Dawson's birthday. We're going to call all of the workers, not knowing all of them are sleeping in the gymnasium that night and like ragging through clothes and figuring out what's going to happen. Meanwhile, this family is just like, well, just a night of rain and we're going to throw a party the next day for all their rich friends for Don's for Da Song's birthday. Um, this is where the rock comes back in. Mm-hmm. The party is the perfect opportunity for Ki Woo, Ki Woo, Ki Woo mm-hmm. to enter the bunker with the scholars rock to try to take on Jinsei. Mm-hmm. And this is unsuccessful. Very. Very unsuccessful. He gets his ass beat. Beaten. Like he, Junsei overpowers him, takes the rock and smashes him on the head, then escapes to the upstairs. I thought he was dead. I thought for sure he was dead too. I thought that was the death of Kiwu. But why would he go back in there with the rock of all things? Because he's obsessed with it. He symbolism. He he's, he's you could have gone you could have gone back with character. anything. You could have gone back with a bat. You could have gone back with a gun, a knife, any of that. Well, you went not, back with a rock. I don't think he was intending to use it as a weapon. No, he went back with the specific pers- purpose of taking down. G- G- I don't. I don't think he was using it as a weapon. I think because he's the one character that is always sim- trying to use symbolism for everything. He like there's three. I think almost three times in the entire movie where a character shows him something and he goes. Oh my God, it's so symbolic. Oh my God, it's metaphorical. I think he was going down there to use it as a symbol. Perhaps he's superstitious in that sense. Yes, I think that's exactly it. It's his symbol of hope. He thinks that maybe he can confront or see what's... I don't know what his endgame was, but I don't think he was u- trying if to use the rock as a weapon. you narrowly escaped the wackos in a bunker underneath the, Kim, underneath the Parks family... Why would you go back with a rock? It doesn't. It, I mean, it doesn't make sense like real life. That's why I don't. But it's think, symbolic. That's why I don't him. think he was using it. He was trying to use it as a weapon because if he was, he has access to everything in that house. He could have just picked up a knife the way Jin Se does when he comes back up. What was well, then? What would have been his purpose for going back down there? I don't know. He'd what, already figured out the knife his, before. I don't know what his end game was, but I know he's always like, "This is so metaphorical. This is so super. This is so symbolic." I don't know what his end game was. 
but I also don't think he was going down there with the intent to beat the shit out of Jinsei because he's not that kind of person. I don't know. Well, I guess, you know what I think? Maybe he was going down just to confront them. Because when last. I think he was using it as like a good luck charm. Miss. Okay, Moon Gwang was. Remember, she said she had a concussion and they had knocked her out and then they had tied up Jinsei. Mm -hmm. So maybe he went back down with the intention of like Walter Wright reasoning with them. It's possible. Surely he had to know. Anyway, he goes back down. But also, he's a kid. So he's probably True. not thinking, you know. True. It's a little bit too symbolic. He's probably a little bit of uh, superstitious. One thing I like is that there are no villains. In this They're movie. just trying to survive. Everyone is there, not all good and not all bad. Right. There's you, no heroes. There's no villains. There, there are no heroes. There, there are people that you root for. Her husband escapes, mm-hmm. and poor kid Kiwu is just knocked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Jinsei escapes, and he goes upstairs. Obviously, I mean, you would take the first run at it, but he go, he does it, he goes upstairs and he does something weird. Mm. He grabs a kitchen knife and then stabs Ki Jung, mm-hmm. Ki Jung uh, Kim, so the daughter. He just takes a running start, grabs a kitchen knife, takes a running start toward her and stabs her in the chest. And it slows everything down to what's happening in the moment after she gets stabbed. Right. A madman just came out of nowhere. If we're still comparing this to the Joker. This is the moment that Joker shoots Robert Nero. It's it's literally the equivalent. He comes out and he stabs this girl. Mm-hmm. This is a party and it's meant to seem festive and they're focusing on the sunshine and like the great day and the Kim slowly re- recovering from last night and Ki Jung gets stabbed and it slows the, everything down to just the moment of her dying mm-hmm. and several things start moving around mm-hmm. at this point. The first thing is um, the fight is continues happening after he stabs her, but now he gets subdued by Mrs. Kim. Mm-hmm. Mom jumps in and like takes him down, stabs him with that uh, skewer mm-hmm. from the barbecue, so he's neutralized. But that they all rush into to each other. So obviously Kiwu is still downstairs having been bludgeoned, but Mr. Kim runs over to his daughter and he's watching his daughter bleed, trying to help clean up the blood. And then that scent thing comes back because Mr. Park smells him. And while you're cleaning up your daughter that's dying or trying to tend to her wounds, you don't want to see that someone's disgusted by how you smell. Mm -hmm. There's a person bleeding on the floor now. And it just brings all of that back full circle. It's a little disgusting. Like, it, like it's just like someone's dying in your backyard mm-hmm. and you are disgusted that the poor people are trying to tend to her wounds. And then now we don't have to worry about Jinsei, but Mr. Kim takes that knife and he's, he's lost his sh- he, he lost his shit and then just went to attack Mr. Park. I think you hit it right on the hammer. It's like in the midst of all this death, and chaos, the most disgusting thing to you is how, in all place, of this how they smell. Is, is the, smell. the poverty. The smell of poverty is what you're most disgusted by. Have, have you ever smelled blood like that? No. Uh, like it's, Nor do I want to. It's a thick sense of like iron and panic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever smelled panic before. Like Basically, it's as much as what you would expect if someone got stabbed right now and you were in the room, mm-hmm. you're going to smell the blood. You're going to like feel the reaction. You're going to feel your heart pumping in your ears, but you're definitely not going to stop to say, this stinks. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that feels. <laughs> However, I may know how. I do know how Ki Jung feels possibly about being stabbed because one time I donated plasma and almost passed out and I thought I was going to die. So I absolutely feel how she felt, especially when it was so sad. She's she, so dope. I it, felt so it, bad. It felt, I felt so bad when... She told her dad, because, you know, he's applying pressure to the wound to save mm-hmm. her. And she's like, please stop. It hurts, it hurts too more. much. Yeah. Was, that was heartbreaking. You're a father taking, like, tending to your daughter's wounds. Mm-hmm. But he just lost his shit when Mr. Park, ma- Mr. Park made that smell. And it's, it's, the, it's the setup and the payoff. Mm-hmm. The setup was that he thinks this guy smells. The payoff is that he thinks this guy smells while he's cleaning up a bleeding woman. Mm-hmm that's over the line it's absolutely triggering he loses his shit and attacks her attacks him mr park and now there's two deaths that mm-hmm. go on now there's ki jung and now there's mr park and 
this is the end of the third act. This is where I thought the movie would end. This is what I like. I thought, oh, this is the end of the movie. I guess. And then there's another layer. And there's another layer that they add to it. Okay, we're gonna talk about like we're gonna talk about it in a couple of minutes. But essentially, a lot of the reviews that I looked up about this movie said that it doesn't follow a traditional three act structure. Mm-hmm. And I disagree. But only minorly, I think it follows four acts. Mm-hmm. We get all three acts, and that was the moment that I thought the movie was going to end, and then adds the extra layer, which is the aftermath, the mm-hmm. epilogue, the final chapter, the chapter after the end of the, after the, end of the book. Mm-hmm. And this is the aftermath of that event. Ki-woo recovers from brain surgery. Ki-jung dies, obviously. She's fatally stabbed. She Mr. got stabbed Park in the dies. chest. Mr. Park dies. But Kiwoo survives and moves and moves forward with his mother, his mother as well. Back um, to that shitty basement apartment. Back to that shitty basement apartment, and Mr. Kim is missing. For obvious reasons, he goes on the run, but no one knows where he is. Mm-hmm. Kiwoo and his mother happen to get away with probation. They get put on probation, you know, back to the old grind, back to the little wage jobs, back to poverty, back to the same basement apartment. But now they're two family members short. Mm-hmm. And that really sucks. Um, but with Mr. Kim missing, he's wanted for murder and slowly life goes on. The house gets sold. The parks move away. It gets rebought by a, a couple of Germans. and. Kiwoo decides he wants to go back to the park's home and watch it. I don't know what gives him the inspiration for it. Maybe it is that superstition that he feels connected to go back. But he goes back and he sees the most amazing thing, and that's the flickering lights coming mm-hmm. from the bunker downstairs. Yes. The same flickering lights that Junsei was using earlier in the film to send a message out on Morse code. Now... This is the reveal that Mr. Kim has been down there this entire time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so cathartic because there's a moment in the second act where he says, why would you try to send out a message? Who would you reach? Mm -hmm. What are the odds that this kid is going to see these lights and suddenly know? And it's him utilizing that same thing Mm -hmm. at the end, trying to talk to his kid. And slowly Kiwu puts it all together and that's just the end of the movie we it pans down and it goes through all the layers it seems like the house seems to get bigger and bigger every time we see it Mm -hmm. but at the end of the movie it goes through all the upstairs the downstairs the living room the bathroom the basement and then the bunker Mm -hmm. and in the bunker is mr kim and he's surviving on scraps and doing the same thing that jensei did Mm -hmm. because he can't come back to the surface he's he's wanted for murder he's Mm -hmm. he's put back in that situation and i think that's kind of just it's so cathartic because it just feels like if it's not one person it's another Mm -hmm. there will always be someone to put the to push the wheel forward Mm -hmm. the site the same cycle will continue to repeat itself Mm -hmm. and long story short ki woo takes this information in stride and he says may i'll just try to make a whole bunch of money I'll try to become rich one day so that I can buy this house to set you free. Mm-hmm. And this is where I ag- I disagreed with you because it felt almost like there was a glimmer of hope that he would. It didn't feel as much of a loss. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like like lo- like hope had had been lost. Mm-hmm. I've heard his, his voice and him saying, "I'm just going to make this money." It, it feels almost naive. Mm-hmm. I want to naively believe that he can. But I think the movie would be more in line with your interpretation if the movie ended right when he says, I'm going to buy this house and all you need to do is just walk upstairs and we will be right there. If the movie ended there, then I agree with you. But the idea, it shows him buying this house and then it's back to reality and he's... And it's empty. The house is just and empty. And he's in this, he's back in the shitty apartment writing this letter to his dad, which how is he going to get the letter to his dad? We don't know. Well, they're writing a letter through Morse code. Well, how is he going to get the letter to the dad? How will the dad see we the Morse know. code? So I and I think there because even Bong Joon Ho said he wanted to originally he had the idea to end it at that fantasy to give the audience that glimmer of hope. 
But then he said he decided to tack on the little bit at the end to show that he's still in that apartment writing that letter because he's telling the audience, we both know that this kid is never going to buy that house. And I think the actor who plays the son in the Kim family, he even said calculating how long it would take for him to buy that house, it would take him 564 years. So I think the movie's purpose is to say these people had a glimmer of hope into this lifestyle. They got a taste. And it was taken away from them. Tragically. And it's just always a reminder that they will always be impoverished, in poverty, especially with two more family members down. And it's it's heartbreaking. But if you're the son Mm -hmm. of a family that's just been cut in half, you're going to want to believe that maybe one day you can recapture a little bit well, of that. Well, yeah, he wants to believe, but he's never going to do it. The film, fun fact is that the film was shot without traditional coverage. Mm-hmm. So to give them more editing options with limited shots, they would sometimes stitch together different takes of the same shot. Yes. So that's what helped it really flow from scene to scene. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. Um, needless to say, the writing was the best part of the movie. I know I commented earlier that it didn't follow a... a traditional three-act structure mm-hmm. in my opinion i think it was four mm-hmm. act one kim family's four act two kim family intro, intro infiltrates the parks they get all the jobs act three they fight moon Gwang and jinsei and act four is the epilogue mm-hmm. and, af- and the aftermath the aftermath is the final is everything we need to tie it all together mm-hmm. and while normally the ending is supposed to come at the end of the third somehow they made a whole fourth with it mm-hmm. And sometimes in other movies it doesn't work, but it, it worked here. I was still like when it when it happened, I was like, oh, I thought the movie was ending, but it still worked for me. I also like that the director believes that the title Parasite can refer to either the Kims or the Parks. And in some ways, the rich families are the parasites to society because they leech off of the labor of the poor families, mm-hmm. the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. I like that there's nuance. I like that there's ambiguity. Mm-hmm. I like that no one's quite the hero in the story. Everyone, I mean, I feel bad for the parks almost. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel bad because what what if that happened? And I think to that's us? that's the beauty of this movie because if an American filmmaker tackled the same subject matter, it would come off as a little bit more preachy, and the Park family would definitely be caricatures of evil villains in a way just how you want them to to die where it's like in this movie to this to this moment like we saw it a few days ago it hasn't left my mind i don't i still don't think i personally have come up with my interpretation of who i think the parasites are you know what it feels like i've seen the same theme be portrayed before with not nearly as much ambiguity and not nearly as much nuance. Joker. Think about Hustlers. So, in the Park family, there is this huge, beautiful window that is almost a character in its own. And I want to have my theory like this. The way they're... Look at the way normal people... Not normal people, but people who are middle class to lower middle class to poor people. The way normal, average, everyday people have their apartments usually set up. It's not always like this, but normally you will have in your living room the couch, maybe a coffee table in front of it, and then in front of that, to round it off, will be a TV. In the Park family, it's a couch, coffee table, and then this huge mirror. To the backyard. Yes, to the backyard. So what I think is going on, adding on to the themes of Mr. Park not wanting to be reminded of poverty, wanting to remain in his bubble. What what do we do when we're on the couch looking at a TV? We watch the news, we watch we TV, watch movies, we watch we shows. Watch things. It's For all, the most it's part, you're way, watching fantasy. There are all ways of, of providing escapism to your normal life. Right. When you get off of work and you come home, you don't want to think about having to go back to work the next day. Mm. You want to laugh. You want to be you want to be entertained. You want to watch a drama. You want to lose yourself in those moments. Right. And I think it's funny because we were talking about this earlier. I spent four hours today just playing Assassin's Creed Mm 2. And I thought, I've been on this game all day. Mm -hmm. And I thought, 
it feels good to lose yourself in something Absolutely. for four hours. Especially during quarantine. During that whole four hours, I didn't have to think about bills. I didn't have to think mm-hmm. about going to work on Monday. I didn't mm-hmm. have to think about anything but getting through this hour to watch this movie, mm-hmm. getting through just the work today. Right. And I think that's what happens when you live in an average everyday working class right. life, especially in a capitalist society. You're kind of just programmed to grind and do things when you're not grinding. Right. That's where my theory comes in. A lot of time when we're watching movies and TV shows, unless you're watching the news or a documentary or listening to like a news podcast or something like that, for the most part, you are watching things that are scripted on your t- TV, movies, television, fantasy. So it's like they're so rich. The outside world is, the real world is almost a fantasy to them. Everything is taken care of. They have a housekeeper. They have, everything is in their control. And it doesn't make them bad people for it. They're just maybe a little bit naive. I think that's really about it. Ignorance is bliss. Yes. Ignorance is bliss. Watching the news today, it's like, think about it. If you're a rich person, none of this affects you. No. Even right now, if you're a rich person, quarantine doesn't really affect you. You just get to stay inside your... Giant house. Your giant house. You can buy $500 worth of groceries yep. and have it delivered to you. Mm-hmm. You spent four hours on Assassin's Creed. That's an escape from quarantine. You know, we can't go out to restaurants. We can't go out to the parks. We can't just go do regular business. We can't go sit inside of a Starbucks and just talk about our days. Video games are an escapism at the moment so and that's why i keep saying rich people will always benefit from this that, they don't but, they don't want the system to change that's exactly why i say that parasite hits so much harder from quarantine watching it that would be the perfect house the park house to quarantine in yep you would have nothing to worry about you have this big open space nothing whatsoever everything everything you could have i watched this and it hit on so many levels it hit so many levels it's just we're gonna start wrapping it up basically i highly recommend that all viewers watch it all of our listeners agreed but that pretty much wraps it up for this week yes um thank you guys so much for listening for, to did you watch please feel free to engage with us on social media we're on did you watch um on instagram and we are also we now also have a company website coffeecupstudios.net that will be the umbrella for all of our other podcasts as well um you can also follow our personal pages mine is k-a-e-t-l dot n on instagram and justin's is justin.enc once again thank you guys so much for listening to did you watch and we will see you next week when we are going to be watching marriage story yes we will be <laughs> preparing to review for marriage story so that, i'm not that ready be to on cry Netflix right now yeah me neither i'm but not ready to cry it, we crying. may change it because <laughs> i'm like i don't know if i want to cry again and that was a really good movie that we watched together as a couple it's our third episode if we change it nobody's gonna really notice hopefully it'll be We'll post it on Instagram. We have a couple followers. But definitely feel free to engage with us. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you next week. Bye.